welcome to Forever Canon, <laughs> the podcast where we talk about heroic children, hypocritical fathers, and hyper hurt horrors. I thought that said tacos. <laughs> Great start. I'm Justin. I'm Tim. And this week on Forever Canon, well, folks, it's time to finally finish Fate of the Jedi, Book 7, Conviction, by Aaron Alston. We finally did it. We made it. All these episodes later, we've been reading this book for, feels like, six months. Yeah, no, we ended up getting, what, 13 episodes out of this I don't think we've ever done another book. (laughs) This has been so long. But here we are, at the finish line. And this week, well, there's a finish line. (laughs) Yes, there is. And we... Plot our way across it very ineffectually and unceremoniously. It's like getting second place where, yeah, you did it. It's not even second place. So far, it's seventh place. (laughs) (laughs) But, guys, that's this week. First, previously on Forever Canon, Tahiri escapes during fake fet fake out. Alana feels the force, and Han demeans a dogman. Luke lays cable for an Abeloth live stream, and 3PO is captured by the Sith. Oh dear. I forgot that 3PO got captured by the Sith, and that's fun. That's like, that is like maybe the funnest plot of this whole book. This part where Alana starts having these force dreams. Maybe it's just because Jason's my favorite, right? I like <laughs> but that. But his daughter is, is like a, one of the few standout characters in this book, Alana. So yeah. There's, she's, she's got growth in both the Force personality, her yeah. presence. It, it, it would be really, really sad to not show growth in a child. Yes. <laughs> so. Oversight. It's good, though. It's good. Anyways, anyways. Listen, yeah. We'll get there. God, Tim, slow down. I'm just trying to get there. Well, you're not there yet. Nope. Because first, chapter 41 is where we start. The Crystal Valley pumping station, Namcorios. Down into that tunnel where Abeloth is hiding. Luke, Ben, and Vistara quickly come across twisted, suffering bodies of old-timers, Theron listeners, and even Sal. Gotta feed the beast, right? She needs her suffering. Gotta siphon it out of these living people. Mm-hmm. Like, the people who were the mind walkers seem to be having a way better time. They were just, like, casually chilling and then you know, desiccating into corpses yep. over time without feeling it or caring about it. These people, she must have been in a hurry. Actually, I never thought of that till now. To contrast her being stuck in the maw for a billion, bajillion, maybe hundred years. I don't know. Maybe five, six, seven, eight years old. Mm-hmm. Right? The contrast of her being stuck in that place for all that time in a familiar area with, like, time to plan. Yeah. She puts these her followers, who she's feeding off of, siphoning dark energy off of the, uh, what were they called? The Mind Walkers. I already said it once. Got it twice. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, the difference is they, she had enough time to warp them slowly into acceptance, and they ended up having a pretty good time. They all died. Mostly, but still we're having a, a fine time about it. And then they would pass into the the mind walk where you can go do things like Ryontar, the goat man, can lead you on an adventure across all of the very specifically named legendary places. Yeah. But these people, where she just got here not that long ago, and I don't know how long she's going to stay here or planning to stay here. Can't stay here very long now that Luke Skywalker's here coming to mess everything up like he does every planet he goes to. <laughs> it, I, she's just these people are like on the ground I, I just picture them like withering up their hands like crushing their own palms and they're uh, twisting on the ground in agony and a cacophony of screaming and wailing down in this hole yeah in this well it's a pumping station and i th- i think she's using some sort of variation on that memory thing technique that they have to 
in order to get all this bad emotion from with? Uh, trapping them in like their worst nightmares and oh, stuff like that. Oh, that's interesting. She might be doing like a even more intense version of it too to get more power more quickly. Yeah. Is also why it looks so bad. Well, it looks bad. Yeah, it's not good. It sounds bad. It's it's, it's described well. <laughs> <laughs> Makes me not want to be there. Gotta feed the beast, like I said. This, these aren't the only people they find down there. They also find Valen Horn, who has been, he tells them, quote, cured. Like all these twisted sufferers. Yep. By the real Jedi Grandmaster, Callista Ming. All right. I'm kind of sick of hearing this lady's name. I'm kind of tired of this being about Luke's ex-girlfriends when, like, it should be about Luke processing his wife's death. Somebody mm-hmm. that he actually cared about and spent his life with, like his adult life with, and had a child, raised a family, you know, raised the Jedi Order. They are all major parts of saving the galaxy. Why are we talking about his ex-girlfriends from 1993 that I don't care about? And he, do- like, what? In bits and pieces through the series when, like, Abeloth is tricking him that, that she's... Uh, Mara Jade's ghost in the bed. He'll he'll think about her and talk about her, or like yeah, offhandedly just mention something to Ben about your mother, or this or whatever, or something about the ship. Not a focus at all. No, that's pretty disappointing. Come to think of it, and like how important and interesting it would be to watch Luke Skywalker actually process grief. Yeah, because he, he actively from, out loud at least right? went from coma time to not talking about it at all. Yeah, he was. Just numb and stunned when it happened at the end of the last series. And then he was like, ah, back. I'm back on top of my game. But I like, I don't know, because I forget all the time that there actually has been a two year time period. Yeah. That's passed. And maybe, you know, maybe almost another six months or so by now between all the missions they were launching and all the other jail breaks that we've already done. And, you know, like it's been very repetitive. Mm hmm. I was thinking about that today when I was like, well, what Jaina do in this book? I was like, well, she, not this book, uh, this series, because she didn't do anything in this book. <laughs> what did she do in the series? Oh, she was there for like two jailbreaks, right? The one where they blew open a wall underground and Jag had to save them with armor or something. Mm-hmm. And another one where they like walked in there and embarrassed the guy with the media. Yep. And then here we are, you know, Tahiri and Dalo got to break out of prison too. We've done it three times in seven books or maybe four, like maybe more. It's, it's just uh, get a new anyways. Uh, listen, uh, okay. Let's try to just, let's try to be nice. Let's try to have fun. Let's try to enjoy this book, even though it was way too long. There's an interesting part when, um, <laughs> is there? Yeah. When Valen's talking, how oh, I'm fucking rattled. he actually <laughs> identifies Kalista and Abeloth yeah. as different people. Yeah. Like separate identities. Yeah. Which is really, I liked that. That was cool. Well, and that's something we've been told all along, but is it true? Cause it's coming out of the mouth of Abeloth. Yeah. Every time we're hearing it, mm-hmm. even if it's Valen, right? Yeah. How much is that true? I don't know, but what's Luke's plan here with all these twisted bodies and agony and Valen horn being like, aha, I've caught you fake Jedi stall for Sith backup. Like any good grandmaster of the Jedi would. And if I'm Valen Horn. <laughs> yeah. And the Sith come to back up Luke Skywalker. I'm probably more deeply entrenched in this illusory uh, belief than I ever have been. Yeah. How, why? What is happening? How have you summoned the Sith for help? And also, where did they come from? But we'll get to that. <laughs> if, if you're Valen Horn, right? How, that must just cement the delusion yeah. even more. Calling for the bad guys. Pretty wild. Anyways, call for backup and keep broadcasting this live stream because nobody's going to believe this magical monster if they don't see it on TV. Why would you believe it if you saw it on TV? Although, wouldn't it be cool for the Jedi to put out like a, I guess it would be, a, I guess you would call it a propaganda video mm-hmm. where they're like, Imagine it as YouTubers, <laughs> uh, hollow tubers, and 
really what they do is they put out like weekly videos showing you how the force works and watch look at us doing it on camera <laughs> watch it and like just explaining magic to regular people wouldn't that be helpful it probably you know would what be they helpful. do they keep everything a secret <laughs> and so nobody likes them just, or trust them. just trust us trust me we know what we're doing they like them and trust them for about five years after they save the world and after that you're sketchy again yeah we're not sure about you guys anyways I, oh my god this book Callista arrives to tell us that she is part of Abeloth, also separate, just like Valen told us. But she can influence her because she transferred her mind to a computer a long time ago. Remember? Mm-hmm. You know, normal, normal, normal. That those These things happen. They're magic. Normal. Normal. Callista and Abeloth want what? She says they want Luke Skywalker. Mm-hmm. Okay, duh. We've seen that across the course of this book. We've been told it in way better verses. Suffer the way I suffered or whatever. Yeah, we I, want well, Luke. Yeah, we know that. But why? Because, well, my own reasons are completely selfish. I miss you. I'm lonely. But I'm what gives Abeloth any affection for the Jedi at all. Think about it. The Jedi... And their devotion to the light side are the antithesis of what she is. Yet she seeks them out, grasped at the shelter Jedi like Valen here. Why? Because of me. Because of what I feel. Join with us and she will have an even greater understanding of the light side. An even greater compassion for your way of thinking. Uh, uh, you sure? It's It's a... <laughs> hey, lady, you sure about that? It's a well said argument, but not a good plan. But it's an obvious trap. Yeah, and I mean, yeah, Luke doesn't even buy it for a second. No, uh, very obvious trap. Although Luke pretends to agree, he goads Callista into force projecting their memories of love from his forehead into the room all around them. She like reaches out and touches him, and they hollow project their love story into the room for everybody to see nobody cares man no were these books super popular let me know i don't know were they i don't i don't know i never this first time through uh not these books those Uh, callista ming books oh don't know i never heard of them no me neither (laughs) i don't know zero time through (laughs) nothing (laughs) but i'm done talking about her also, the Sith have arrived, and so Valen attacks Ben and Vistara. And I say, good luck to him. Yeah. What the hell are you thinking? He's better well, he trained, fakes, right? and he's got 10 years on him, it says. That's true. But still. And like Jalen. 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 <laughs> Valen Cornhorn is a legitimate Jedi Knight seasoned veteran of wars. So... He's got that going for him. Ben is a teenager. Vistar is a teenager. Like, he is, like, a man yeah. with a life of experience fighting with his lightsaber. So, I still say good luck to him. Yeah, so, but they are both, it has been written this whole series, very special. So special together. Yeah, now they're together being special. <laughs> Cut to... Luke brutally ripping Callista's force presence out of the tangle of Abeloth. Describes it as using a 10-pound axe for surgery. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) And and we've been told all along, you know, she absorbs the essences and the personalities or presences or something. Something. Yeah. She absorbs some part of the people that she entangles herself with, with her many tentacles. And... Star drop eyes and freaky gross hair. And weird, like... Pointy teeth. Yeah. Like, I don't, I don't cat know. smile. You know, I, I pictured... You've seen Supernatural, so the Leviathan mouths. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, that's what I picture her mouth. Creepy. Yes. Yeah, where it's like just that's a all. thousand needles. It's all teeth and mouth, yeah. <laughs> Ew. It's not good. And she is. Yep. And apparently some amount of Callista actually has remained... Uh, sovereign has remained independent of Abeloth and Luke grabs it and rips it off of her like a scab 
Yeah. I, I'm not sure what he's trying to accomplish here with that. Whether he's trying to put Callista to rest. I think two birds with one stone. But it, this is only going to be bad. Well, there's definitely no negative consequences, though, for Callista. Because <laughs> she just smiles and rejoins the Force. Yeah. She's, she's good, but Callista can affect change in Abloth. Yeah. And now Callista's gone. She's like, hey, I'm the only good part. And he's like, rip. <laughs> yep. <Yeah>, bye. <laughs> uh, That's not going to work out. Well, I mean, she was, maybe she wasn't actually good. Maybe she was being manipulated to do bad things, thinking that they were good. Like they're not going to do any, nothing good's going to come out of bringing Luke there. Skywalker into this tangle. You're not going to no. overwhelm her with light. No, at least it doesn't seem to be that way. Although she's had like this light scab on her outside all this time. And Luke just 10 pound axe for surgery. The body she was in this Callista Ming uh, like, I'm lost for words like, today. Like skin or persona. Well, she, uh, her, uh, what's the word for like when you're replaced? Her duplicate? No, that ain't it. Oh, replicate? No. She was actually Master Nen. That body that was presented as Callista Ming was Master Nen. The Farron, the Farron, the Feral Theron listener. Who immediately kills himself. Sepulchre stuff. Mm-hmm. He's like, you know what? No more bad stuff. Oh, okay. Abeloth screams in the hall, maybe. <laughs> and, a, and a few dozen Sith arrive to greet Luke, Ben, and Vistara, led by Tola and Axe. Mm-hmm. How will they get out of this one, Tim? So, Luke, Ben, and Vistara come down here to have a confrontation with Abeloth. They find all of her victims, and Luke returns Callista Bing to the Force in a way that damages Abeloth enough for her to scream violently in pain in the hallway. Yeah, I think it's like... And then the Sith show Ripping a limb off or something kind of deal, because yeah. part of her... Not was, like a scab, yeah. Yeah. Like, like pulling a, a finger off. Like a... Like a bad... Yeah. Chapter 42. She didn't like it. <laughs> Chapter... Glatuine. Alana wants to search for 3PO and Bad Vibes Yoga Sith. Quote, half an hour later, they found C-3PO. So exciting. What a fun adventure that was to go find <laughs> C-3PO. Quote, half an hour later, they found C-3PO. End quote. Get Crift. He's got a restraining bolt and a rambling captor. Innocent enough. Right? Yeah. Being lectured about how he's a slave and always will be. Yeah. That's all this was. He was just captured to be taught a lesson. And he's got a voicemail from Leia saying, come to the main stage in the big slave meeting. Yeah, come to the big tent or whatever. Come to where we're having Tenel Ka and come and translate for her. Innocent enough. Again, innocent. Just fine. A message from Leia. It's fine. Alana sneaks away from Javon in security. Innocent child. Innocent. It's fine. The crack security team. And we cut to... Yeah. <laughs> hey, how about this? Stop bringing this kid places. Yeah. <laughs> you know what happened when you brought her to the Jedi Temple even? She, well, she went on an adventure with Barb and found a lot of things she wasn't supposed to find mm -hmm. and gave up a secret. And now you bring her to this place and you think, we'll have a whole security team to watch over her. On this planet full of dangerous, angry, upset, displaced refugees who yeah. don't want to be slaves anymore. They've been treated badly all their life. That's where we should bring her. With a small security team that is apparently completely incapable <laughs> of keeping track of her whatsoever. Cut to <laughs> the big speeches. At night? I think so. When you, I don't know, it was what? Yeah, it was nighttime. They want to like make a big deal of the thing, like televise the whole thing, I guess. I don't know. Doing it at night, I guess maybe it's a desert planet, I suppose. Whatever. It's neither here nor there. <laughs> Leia gets word about the slippery kid. She's escaped the security team. Mm -hmm. Imagine having to be jabbing fools and be like, yeah, all right, I got to call Princess Leia. Tell her I lost her child. <laughs> 
<laughs> she got away from all 10 of us. She's like, no big deal. I can track her with the tracker I've hidden in her comp link. I've low jacked my grandchild, who you think is my child. Han and Leia head off to go find her while 3PO is making his way through the crowd up to the stage to Tenelka. They're not there to stop him anymore. What, why would they? She mm-hmm. sent the voicemail. <laughs> Chapter 43. Outside Crystal Valley, Nam Corios. A Sith captures Chondra, which, by the way, I don't know if I said this last time. I think I've realized in between these intervening weeks that maybe her name's just Sandra. But Kandra. Mm. You know? You know how you make a sci-fi name? You just change one letter of a regular name. Jim. Wait a second. <laughs> Let me try that again. <laughs> you know what I mean, right? Yeah. Like, oh, Jason Solo. He's got to have a way more relatable name because we want him to be a main character that people invest in. Mm-hmm. His name has to be an Earth name. Luke, Ben, Jason, right? Leia gets away with it. We didn't know she was family when we were writing her originally. But, you know, we'll make a sci-fi name by making it J-A-C-E-N instead of any basic spelling that you would expect of Jason. Now he's magic. Mm-hmm. Anyways, what am I even talking about, Tim? Condra <laughs> and her camera Gamorian who haven't gotten any good footage? That's what they're up here complaining about. Yeah. Oh, yeah. we couldn't even see anything down there. Hey, you want to know why? Because Luke and Ben and Vistara haven't come across Abeloth. Because your run of cable was too long. It's bad resolution. Well, quit spending time putting the cable down. Give this man a handheld camcorder (laughs) and let's go. All that... All that... You're right. All that cable laying didn't pay off. No, it didn't. Criff my nerf. But they hit it well and they filled in the holes. Thank God. (laughs) They're captured. Cut two. Approaching Nam Koryos, where Gavar Kai is captaining the Sith fleet? Yeah. He got a pretty big role for being such a massive failure. I thought they punished failure, didn't reward you. (laughs) Yeah, I thought they executed people who did a bad job. But maybe... Seems to be like he's in charge of the whole fleet, but also the investigation... And recapturing his daughter of like mm-hmm. what happened to High Lord Talon. Because he was knocked out, Gavar Kai. Got his arm cut off. Yeah. And Vistara killed the High Lord of the Sith. And only the good guys know that. <laughs> yep. So, you know, they're still doing the whole thing. Gavar Kai, in charge of the fleet though, is a man with goals. His objectives included the capture or destruction of Abeloth. The death of Jedi Grandmaster Luke Skywalker and the retrieval and eventual extraction from her of the truth of his daughter, Vistara. So torture. Yeah. Yep. Big goals. Big goals, though. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to capture that mysterious space monster. I'm going to kill the strongest Jedi in the galaxy. And then I'm going to torture my daughter. (laughs) All in a day's work. (laughs) Yeah. But suddenly the entire flotilla is under starfighter attack. And we cut to Luke, Ben, and Vistara back to back to back. Defending against 20 plus Sith. A couple dozen Sith. Yeah, yeah. There's, and, there's a bunch of them. Annex, yeah. 12, a dozen come in from one side. A dozen come in from the other side. And they're, oh, this overwhelming fourth. Fourth. Yeah. <laughs> Youth. The fourth, <laughs> Luke. <laughs> <laughs> ah, I almost bit my tongue both times there. Anyways, uh, Luke's knee hurts. Yeah, and he's all exhausted from yeah. doing that thing. Ah, uh, yeah, that the, axe the altered Theron listener memonology, anemonomonotherapy, anemones. Yeah, some anemone. Touch the butt. He's all he's all jacked up from doing that gigantic force explosion. You you. Try well use and then pur- purposely improperly use the right word, and I'd say, yeah, the axe surgery. Well, call cool. it what it is, I guess. Anyway, somehow Vistara foresees a force attack coming in ten seconds. Quote: The force hit like a sledgehammer. That was it. That was the whole description of the cool thing that they spent like 
two and a half paragraphs setting up like in between lines of Vistara counting down and then they would do like a cool fighting of the Sith while defending themselves and then she'd be like nine <laughs> and then they would do another cool thing Ben would do a flip eight and another cool action would happen the last description of the big force thing that's coming the force hit like a sledgehammer that's it okay mm-hmm. the Sith are down from this sledgehammer Luke and Vistara are prone even though they knew this was coming they're not strong enough to withstand the blast of the sledgehammer ask anybody who's ever wrestled Triple H at Wrestlemania or a lot of just Monday nights even (laughs) (laughs) kind of an overused gimmick by a certain point (laughs) (laughs) the point being Ben Skywalker is the last one standing yep Uh, he grabs Valen who is unconscious. Vistara helps Luke along and they make for an escape. But what was the big force bang? Tell us, Tim. It says in my notes, as we were supposed to have recorded this shortly after reading it. (laughs) (laughs) Do you remember what she did and and how she knew there was going to be a big force bang in 10 seconds? I don't it, it was at some point earlier right? at some point earlier in the story she had pocketed i don't know if it was on oh, screen right. or not that's right uh one of those not sentient sills what did they call them the uh, they weren't called dummy ones but it was like a, a word like that right yeah something like that uh, the, anyways she crushed a sill in her hand on purpose and turned it into a force bomb mm-hmm Pretty clever, pretty cool, but totally glossed over. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I don't remember her picking it, even from her grabbing it and storing it away. Just have her, you know, touch it in her pocket a couple times, like the ring, just to remind us that it's there along the way. Mm-hmm. Or maybe you don't want to be so obvious, and that's fine, but I do think I remember her picking it up at some point. Could be wrong. Yeah. Could just be adding that to make this book better, because I'm not, you know what? We'll get there. She... Tells this to Luke Skywalker and refuses to be criticized or guilted about it. Yeah. Which is pretty cool. <laughs> to stand up to Luke Skywalker confrontationally, physically, is one thing. People do that all the time. They die and that's enough. <laughs> <laughs> but to stand up to him in a social confrontation is not something that a lot of people do, not even in the Jedi Order. Yeah. And so for Vistara to be like, hey, you're not going to tell me I'm a bad guy for doing that. Thanks. Uh, didn't you call all the Sith here to get them killed? Okay. Who's bad guy Zangief? Yeah. You want to talk about it? Right? She just She's not having it. She saved the day, and Luke asked for help from the Sith to thin their numbers. Boom, roasted Master Skywalker. Yeah, she doesn't back down, and she's like, we're more alike than you care to admit. And I love that line. So good. It's so true of the Jedi and the Sith, but isn't that the point? Mm -hmm. The point is that the devil is in the details. The way you do things and the choice, the reason for your choices matters. Yeah. The new Jason solo rule. Ask yourself every night at bedtime if you were a good boy or a girl. Yeah. Every day. Don't just look forward to the end of the goal and decide then. Yeah. You got to tell yourself, you got to ask yourself every single day. The Jedi stealth X's have been hiding here for days. Apparently. At Nam Corios. They're sneaky. <laughs> yeah. They, they've been here for days waiting for the Sith. Nasty little trap from Grandmaster Skywalker. Just floating in their stealth fighters for days. Yeah. And that was the strange attack that all of a sudden was thrust upon the flotilla that we didn't get any action of. Mm. <laughs> it just happened. And then Luke Skywalker's calling Jaina for pickup. Yeah. And w- when he calls... When he calls for the pickup, he doesn't. He doesn't call for me and Ben and Vistara. He says four Jedi, Vistara included, because they've got Valen. They saved him for how long? We'll see. Yep. And then them two, and then Vistara, and he calls for pickup of four Jedi, including Vistara. After just having had this, you know, little philosophical, mm-hmm. not debate. Uh, putting down and <laughs> she was like no <laughs> and i i picked up on that 
um, and and I miss a lot of those little details yeah. when I'm reading. I wonder if in any of the upcoming books, if that's going to be noticed by her and going to help push her more Jedi or Sith saying, I don't want to be Jedi. Maybe even Jaina will notice it or the other Jedi hearing the order over the comms will notice it. Mm-hmm. And it's like, that's a leadership move. Yes. If you're bringing her in, you cannot say three Jedi and Vistara. You yeah. can't leave her out of the group if you're bringing her into the group, right? That's psychological leadership, even if he's doing it on purpose or not. But I'll tell you what I noticed about this order. He calls himself Grandmaster Skywalker. Yes. Back in charge, baby. And he loves the sound of it. That's Ooh. even in there. <laughs> he loved saying it. By the way, here's Jaina. Sort of. There's her name. Okay. Chapter 44. <laughs> Glad to mean. Yoga Sith Day, watching his evil plan unfold. Two minutes to go. He's flipping between pictures of Alana and Tenel Ka that he's taking on his scouting recon mission. And, well, he figures it out. Yeah. <laughs> he puts it together. Hey, they, hey, they kind of look alike. That's her daughter. And that must be a step further of putting it together. The Jedi Queen, he says. Dun, dun, dun. A Sith. A Sith knows her identity. Mm-hmm. The Sith know about this Jedi Queen uh, prophecy, and the, and the the face on the throne I'm sure has been described to them from what High Lord Talon and, and Gavar Kai saw in the Pool of Knowledge, if I'm remembering that name correctly. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, her description has been passed on, and Querdin Day. With a bomb and C-3PO walking towards Tunnel Ka, figures out that Alana is the Jedi Queen. He reaches for the detonator as C-3PO is on stage. And he grabs no remote. No, he just grabs Only dirt. sand. Yeah. Ah, it's rough. It's coarse. It gets everywhere. I hate it! <laughs> I also hate when I can't find the remote. Cut two. <laughs> yeah. Alana with Angie... Opens herself up to the force. She's doing stuff, man. Mm-hmm. She's doing stuff. She feels darkness. She finds day and then hides her force presence. Yeah. She's progressing really far. I And actually doing force things on purpose. Yep. It all started with a voice reaching out to her. When they were on Castle. I mean, that's not how it all started. But in this series, yes. <laughs> her force journey. Back on, on the on the mining moon of Kessel or whatever the hell it is. Slave mining. Uh, anyways, that's not the point. Yeah. She's awesome. Yep. <laughs> she is. Well, I don't want to say that. Never mind. <laughs> totally lubed. <laughs> and she sneaks up on a Sith. Yeah. Wowzers. That's that's something else. And we cut to Leia feels Angie, but not Alana. Also darkness. So she sprints. Cut to. Day attacks Alana with his lightsaber. Tells her he's going to kill her. To her face. Mm-hmm. Hello, small child. I'm going to have to murder you. <laughs> then, Angie attacks. Angie's great. Yeah. I love this, this part. attack cat is nasty. Go for the eyes, scraping him apart. And speaking of mouthful of teeth, this yeah. thing is like a you know fully grown four foot grin. Yeah. Of Even nasty. I, I'm picturing it. Even as like this little kitten puppy, whatever yeah, it is, it's still it's still huge. Probably the size of like a full grown German Shepherd. Yeah, <laughs> if you will. Grandma attacks, <laughs> <laughs> and then Grandma comes in. The Sith is on the ground wrestling with trying to get the cat off his face. He does, and he stands up, and there's Grandma Leia. She cuts his head right off, or maybe his torso off. She might have cut him in half. She might have just cut his head off. But there was a really cool description, right? Yeah, yeah. He he's suddenly he's fighting her, and then he like he falls into that what they warn about during lightsaber training yeah. is don't fall into predictive patterns. Yeah, and he does and loses, and then he's looking at the sky. Yeah, all of a sudden he's like, "Why am I looking at the sky now? The sand now my body. Wait, sand sky then my body again? <laughs> His head is rolling down the hill. Yeah, <laughs> and then it goes and to then black. The, the body falls over and it just fades to black and we cut to Quirden Day's Sith kids 
we we cut to this like small little scene of two other Sith who were with him on this mission talking about him went not knowing he's dead and he's not present talking about him like that's his their father he's their father and so we have now just drawn a, a personal vengeance ire mm-hmm. of these two particular Sith. And there's that's the kind of details that I miss when I read. Apparently, I should read all the words. All I wrote was Quirden Day's Sith kids? Question mark? <laughs> Cut to <laughs> Leia sheds a tear for Amelia's lost innocence. But the kid just wants to debomb 3PO. Yeah. <laughs> she needs to defuse this situation where she dreamed about her mom turning into fire. Yep. And then we cut to a tiny daughter mother goodbye a little wave wave goodbye moment as well the bomb was found and 3po was diffused and the security team is whisking Tenelkal away because there's been a threat to the queen right yeah and it's so sad they can't go it and is, say bye it's so so messed up it's so that they can only wave from across a courtyard that's it but like definitely you know a feasible life of royalty in a galaxy full of incredible dangers mm-hmm. not just people <laughs> and it's weapons you know realistic it's, in it's quotations also, but... it's also science and magic yeah like beyond science and, and and then also magic there's way too many threats in this world <laughs> yeah. and apparently we're never going to find out what any of them are up to or what they mean chapter 45 oh wait not chapter 45 one final note this kid's a hero official hero now she saved the day yeah yep she saved her mom she saved her mom she saved a lot of people. Yeah, because that, that was, was going to be a napalm bomb of burning down this whole delegation of joining the Galactic Alliance, freedom of slavery type of thing. Yeah. She saved a whole damn day. <laughs> She's cool, man. That better come up. Too. She's like the coolest kid. No, she's like the coolest character is what I meant <laughs> in this book. Her, Vistara has some moments. Ben, pfft, I don't know. Ben didn't really have any moments in this one for me. Although Aaron Alston, if I'm probably going backwards in time, has never really written Ben that great for me. No. He was the one who betrayed me in the very first book to begin with. Oh, those aliens are ugly. <laughs> what? Yeah, that's true. Come on. You're a seasoned Jedi who's been around the galaxy. Amelia has maybe the most, the highest count of excellent moments in this book. Chapter 45 for real this time. Crystal Valley, Nam Corios, where Jaina and the rescue team land outside the tomato field <laughs> where Luke promptly commandeers a stealth axe just as Abeloth can be seen fleeing in ship, seen, and felt. Luke could feel Abeloth within the craft. The pain she was experiencing was like heat radiating from her in the force. The loss of Callista, the loss of Nen, the unexpected blow of the Sill's death, all in cr- close proximity, had hurt her badly. Okay. That's nice to have us described, like, nice to have it described for the reader as a thought from Luke Skywalker instead of visible action Yeah, in it. In a book when the last few chapters, what we've been setting up is high visibility of filming this action. Yeah. We've been scouting and laying cables and preparing cameramen. And then the description of her pain and the physical, you know, suffering or violence or whatever that she has suffered is a thought from Luke Skywalker instead of this entire last chapter description of visible information yeah and i was just I, he just feels it through the force like magic and we're all like dang that hurts i just i just Come thought on. of this all the sith showing up abeloth you know the sith don't care about the people on this planet that's this, for sure this planet's got to be wrecked by all these people using force powers yeah it's got to be destroyed I by can't, now they didn't mention any more storms though nope no, no they did not he's got information now so he's out of here Luke yep. blasts off Chasing her in down. pursuit of Abeloth with Jaina and Jag following. Oh. So, Christy Golden plans on using Jaina in the next book. 
because we're getting her set up with Luke Skywalker and her fiance jetting across the galaxy in pursuit of Abloh. Mm-hmm. So, safe to say, we're going to probably see Jaina a lot in the next I, book. At least a couple times. I don't know. It's wishful thinking. But you know who doesn't follow? Not Ben nor Vistara. No. No. Their trip with Luke Skywalker is over. Both of them, not both of them, they have been with him essentially the entire book. From their front for Vistara all the way back to Sinkhole Station, and then we saw her next at Dathomir. As soon as Luke sprayed his blood on her at Sinkhole Station, she's been with Luke and Ben in the story ever since. Ben has been with Luke since the beginning of the story. He got exiled. He jumped in the ship, mm-hmm. right? Ben and Vistara are now disconnected from that adult figure. And these two teenagers are going to be on their own in the Jedi temple. That's super interesting. Yeah. Them... I'm just, none of this is written down. No, I'm thinking about right now. Just like, these are the threads being laid going forward. This is the, if you will, hollow net cable being laid down yeah. for the next book. Right. And now yeah. maybe we won't visibly ever see any of that ever again, but that's an interesting thread. Yeah. It's definitely going to be something we got to look out for. Hopefully they, uh, they, it's going to be Ben and Vistara time. It's going to be Jaina and Jag time. Apparently we're going to be exploring relationships in the next book. Mm -hmm. Maybe Luke will even think of his wife once. Cut to (laughs) the Sith retreating. Gavar Kai resolves to never underestimate the Jedi ever, ever again. I promise two losses in a row. How are you alive? Yeah. The fleet got obviously beaten at, Oh God, where were the Falanasi? Peter. Yeah. (laughs) And now you've been defeated again at Nam Corios. You've been outsmarted by Luke Skywalker at every turn. Personally, how are you alive? Cut to. Remember how Nam Corios has like a big problem with bugs. And so they have those two giant space stations that don't let anybody leave in case you're infected with bugs. Well, the big space station guns are firing at Luke, Jaina, and Zek. Did I say Jane and Jag earlier? You did. Well, I wrote that down wrong. I said a whole bunch of stuff about it. <laughs> More interestingly, I didn't write it down, so I didn't. We're going to be exploring Jane and Zach, having been reunited. Never. Yeah. No. No. She's been with. She hasn't Taren. seen him since since he's gone missing. Barely. Yeah. Barely. She's been with Taryn or All whatever. Right, so that's is. interesting. <laughs> Either uh, way, I'm like, why did this abbreviation turn to firing at? L and J and Z. I'm like, Zag? <laughs> Shit, now I don't remember who she jumped with. I'm pretty sure it's Zek because he was there with the Jedi and Jag is on Coruscant doing government stuff. If he's not assassinated by now. I don't know. Haven't heard from him. You nope. know, like all book. The government collapsed. Haven't heard from him. Anyways. <laughs> the big space station guns that are meant to keep all the bugs on the planet are firing at Luke, Jaina, and Zack. I just... <laughs> oh, they're shooting the shit out of them. Raynar Thol drops a shadow bomb. A glancing blow landed on ship. But the big guns shoot Luke down. Twice now on Nom Corios, he's been shot down by the big guns on that same station. Yeah, and when the Sith were coming in, they had like slaved all the controls to all these things so they wouldn't be shot at. Yeah. They couldn't get one. Yeah. And they're like, ah, whatever, we'll deal with it then. And at the... Let's go back even further. Yeah, even further. When they landed on the station, or before they did, they took a shuttle to the station, Valen and Gisela, mm-hmm. with a team of Sith. They yeah. all went to the same station together. Valen went to the planet. And where the hell did Gisela go? Because we barely saw her. Yeah, because she was still up there. The Golan 2 planetary space station yeah and if the sith couldn't slave the controls and now luke's being fired at luke and yep jaina and the Zed, jedi are yeah. all being fired at the only person left is gisela and she is 
trying to blow him out of the sky. And succeeds. Yeah. Yeah, he goes down. I don't know if it was her the first time. I think it was because she's been there the whole time. Mm -hmm. Remember the first time when they were like, we're going to go fly. We're going to borrow the mayor's taxi or van. I mean, we're going to go fly out and see what what happened to Dr. Wee. We're we're Valen shot there? down out of the sky. Were they there already? Valen and Gisela and the. I think so. I think they were. Yeah. Um. But subtly, I think it was just never put into the text. Yeah. We just were never, never told what she was doing, even though we spent a chapter on Lane Cable. <laughs> Here's the question. Mm. Where's Gisela now? Stranded at Nam Corios. Or does she have a little Jedi shuttle? are never stranded. No. She's not a teenager. She's a grown-ass woman. She's Jaina's age, roughly. Five years younger. Like, the horns are about 26-ish. Yeah. She's, she's there. Ben and Vistara are gone with Valen. Luke, Jaina, and Zach are... Luke gets shot down. But whatever. They're going after Abeloth. Where's she going to go? And what is she going to do? Because... She is a very loose thread secretly hanging in the background. Like, I think if that's used really well over the next two books, Gisela doing something cool in the background that nobody Mm -hmm. expected, that would be really interesting to have that set up. Just something subtle that ends up having a even just a little bit of a payoff would be cool. Luke gets shot down for the second time on Nam Corios, and we cut to Luke. Waking up. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) (laughs) Of course. Got to get it in there every time. Uh, Quote, uh, anyway, Abeloth got away and we hammered the Sith. It's not a direct quote. Yeah. This is Jaina telling, catching Luke up on, you know, all the action that we didn't write about again. Mm -hmm. Again. We didn't write about the first fight with the Sith fleet. We didn't write about Abeloth in the hallway. We, We... it's, we watched Luke and Ben and Vistara defend each other from two dozen Sith for a few minutes. No, like 15 seconds. They fought for a few seconds and then Vistara was like, 10, 9, 8, right? We ha- why, did we, why did we not... All of these chapters, so much book. And we leave all that stuff out. Yeah, it's not like Luke he... tells us in a thought. space out. Right. Luke tells <laughs> us in a thought how hurt Abeloth is. Jaina tells us in a sentence how successful all the mission was. Why can't we experience that for ourselves as the reader? Yeah. You know what's the triumph of Star Wars? Watching the Death Star explode. Mm -hmm. Not waking up in bed after and being like, everything's fine. We won. Rebellion, success. Thumbs up. (laughs) Like, that's not, that's not interesting. Mm -mm. And it's like the fifth time it's been done in this book. Yeah. And it's not for, not for, like I was saying, cutting space though, because he had to hurry up and get it. Uh, one more paragraph of just a little bit of star fighting just would have been all right. Yep. A couple of clips of an action montage. Yeah. Especially when we haven't seen Jaina do anything for, let me check my watch, seven books. The the struggle of using, using barely shadow bombs against the Sith because they're force users. Something like that, maybe? Maybe. Yeah. Anything. But Jaina's quick report is over. Mm-hmm. And so Luke goes back to sleep. Yep. Luke gets to take some real rest. He got in a, some back to apparently. By the way, in the last 30 pages, we have been explicitly told three times. Three times now that the Force has told someone specifically to save Luke. Jaina and Zach, why didn't you pursue Abeloth? I felt in the force to save you. Vistara earlier, right? Mm-hmm. Why didn't Why didn't you this? I felt this force tell me to save you. I think Ben said it again earlier as well. Yeah. Why do all these people keep disobeying orders or making non-tactical choices? Because Luke Skywalker must be saved at all costs, according to the force. Have a nap. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Is that, a, is that a big deal? What do you think? It could be. Luke's always been a big deal. Never know. Never know what's going to pay off of this book. Cut to. From the very beginning, I thought he was going to be dead every single book. (laughs) 
think so. Uh, he just keeps getting more and more hurt, more and more worn out, like like precipitously increasing. It's it's getting worse and worse for him as we go. It's going to be a sacrificial thing at the end of it. You think so? Eh? Yeah. I don't know. But I, that would be lame. Mm-hmm. Unless, I mean, it would only be lame because most of this book, like most of this series has not been satisfying so far. We have not seen enough of this crazy galactic threat from times unknown, locked in a prison of black holes. Mm-hmm. We've barely seen her for seven books. She's the most interesting threat that we've had to the galaxy since you brought in a whole race of aliens from a different galaxy. <laughs> right? Jason Solo's cool, but we've done the Sith thing before. <laughs> yeah. He's just Palpatine too. Just less time. But this is so interesting and we're never seeing it really. We had some time on her home planet where the Sith were there and then Luke came with Ben and they and what was that other guy? The guy who was not a failed Jedi die on stat. Yeah. Anyways, we spent time with her but not nearly enough yeah. for her to be a, a fleshed out enough for a, I don't know, whatever level of cataclysm threat. Yeah, she feels almost like um, she's an unrealized, like a fully unrealized character. Like she doesn't have, because she hasn't been explained, we haven't seen her do anything. She's not as big a threat as she should be. Yeah. I was talking to someone recently who was, who just finished the first book of the last series. Okay. Betrayal. And they were like, Kind of didn't like how just Lumaya just like took over, like showed right up at the, so early and just like said everything and like took over and whatever. And I was like, nah, that's cool. <laughs> <laughs> it didn't take her seven books to like establish her desire. Yeah. I mean, I guess it kind of did. Because what was Lumaya's ultimate plan anyways? Just make Luke Skywalker suffer. Yep. And here we are again. Bring Jason to the to the top. Right. But for what purpose? She says to embarrass and make Luke Skywalker suffer. Yeah. Cause he betrayed her and he didn't love her. Yeah. What are we doing? What are we doing here? What have we been told? Luke Skywalker must suffer. And then we're also being told by the force that he must be alive. Yeah. So Luke Skywalker must be tortured. Is that the will of the force? Oh, well, they were going to slice his child up into cubes. His wife's already dead. Yeah. See how far you can push him. Take the kid next. Cut to Clatooine. Where Han and Leia take the kid <laughs> along with R2 and 3PO, now fixed up, back to Coruscant. Everybody's loaded up in the Falcon, heading back to Coruscant to the soundtrack of R2 teasing C3PO. Yeah. You have an explosive temper. Don't go blowing up at me. All this kind of stuff, right? Ha ha ha. Bomb jokes. Pretty good, actually. Mm hmm. Why am I why am I doing sexy bedtime talk? I don't know. <laughs> Epilogue. Oh. Um yeah, no. Go. This is another um I'm hyper focused on Alana in these chapters. Another of her her personal growth is she she's getting to the point she understands that she's there are duties that only she can perform in the galaxy. Yeah. She's having like her Spider-Man moment. Yeah. But she really would be rather flying around in the Falcon with Han and Leia and doing heroic shit. She doesn't want to do her job, essentially. The thing is, she's going to eventually realize those two things are inevitably going to collide. Yeah, she'll be doing both. (laughs) Yeah, but like, yeah, you're right. Having that recognition of like, you know, just responsibility and duty and stuff like that is a big thought for a six, seven, eight year old. Yeah, for a... Let's call her eight. For a a less than ten, but older than five-year-old child. Yeah. For real. <laughs> what a range. And uh, yeah, I like that, man. Because, you know, it, it is a big part of her character. All this. She, she's the chosen one now. Mm-hmm. And she doesn't know it. No. You know, uh, the weight of responsibility that she already knows about is not even a, a, a single drop reflection of the entire weight of the galaxy's happiness future being laid upon her and the pool of knowledge type of thing. Right. Yeah. And so. It, it's kind of going to be this trickle down effect of realizing, I guess just realizing yeah, cause who she is and what she's meant to be beyond just queen of apes. Yeah. Cause the, the pool of knowledge 
shows her as the unifying force of the galaxy. Everyone together. Not to call back to the new Jedi Order, but <laughs> yes, she seems very much to be the unifying force. Yeah. Isn't that what the last book's called? I think so. I probably the last book of the NJO unifying force. I'll check it. We'll check that we'll, later. Yeah, we'll check it after. Anyways, anyways. Okay. Epilogue. This has been a long one. Oh my God. Shut up, Tim. <laughs> <laughs> Epilogue. Where a very hurt Abeloth reaches out to Gavar Kai to deal with their quote, mutual enemy. Bad enough for Luke and Ben and the Jedi order when the Sith and Abeloth have been fighting each other, right? You can barely handle either one of them already as this has been going along Mm -hmm. with them being adversaries. They weren't working together. And now out of the blue, for whatever reason to up the ante for the last two books, they are. Yeah. But yikes. But why (laughs) desperation on her part? Ship got hit with a shadow bomb. She got a thing ripped out of her, a presence ripped out of her, and also the sill exploded, and also she was getting attacked with by Sith. Why would we see that? Desperation is... Uh, Gavar Kai has lost half the fleet mm-hmm. and the High Lord. And now really, I guess, from his perspective, teaming up with Abeloth is a win for him. Maybe that'll keep him alive long enough to try to get Luke Skywalker to redeem all of his failures, right? And it puts her in proximity to a lot of either dark side power. Yeah. If for her to become more powerful and to manipulate them and on his side, if we want to, she's right here. Yeah. We can kill her, capture her, whatever. Exactly. It's opportunistic. Kind of, it's it's the perfect bad guy uh alliance. Yeah. Where each one of them probably assumes they're going to get the upper hand. Yeah. <laughs> right. And uh, and if not, I'll just kill you. And, and they're both <laughs> expecting betrayal. and. But, but So now they've teamed up. Where are they going? And what are they going to do? I don't know. Cut to Coruscant. Tahiri in a tiny trapezoid room between two turbo lifts in a residential tower. Her new home and hideout. Uh... Dead space between two elevators. Yeah. Not a room. No, she's in this not little home, alcove. Place. Barefoot and waiting for her family to come home to Coruscant. Uh, yeah. So she can finally ask for their help. Mm-hmm. Huh. Where's this all book long? Come on. Yeah. To jam it, just jam all this change into the epilogue in the last chapter. Sprinkle it throughout. Anyways, it's a nice little happy-ish ending for her, our cover character, having been convictioned mm-hmm. of treason. Yeah. Now she's an escaped convict. But a happy ending. A win for the Jedi at Nam Corios. Big loss for the Sith. Big damage to Abeloth. We've recovered Valen Horn. Can't wait to hear what Corrin has to say about his missing daughter. But a, still a big win for the Jedi, right? One out of two ain't bad. But where are Abeloth and ship and the Sith? Luke and Jaina are on a ship somewhere. Han and Leia are headed home. Where will Ben and Vistara end up? <laughs> Zek is now gone again. And don't forget. Boba Fett. And Natasi Dalla are missing. They're out in the world somewhere. Going to get allies. Lots to look forward to. And a lot to recap. Maybe. <laughs> Next week. When we cover Fate of the Jedi, Book 7, Conviction, Review. And Fate of the Jedi, Book 8, Ascension preview. I did it. I finally did it. I'm Tim. <laughs> Justin. You did do it. Oh, I really did it. I wrote them down in the wrong order. Tim. 
Justin. I'm Tim. Say it again. Oh, I'm Justin. That's great. Don't read the back cover, y'all. I don't trust it. No. I haven't read it. I'm not looking at it. I'm not looking at it either. All right. Don't do it for your health. For any comments and questions, you can hit us up at forevercanonpodcast at gmail.com. Forever Canon Podcast is a Jay Plazer production. Catch us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitch, Twitter, and YouTube at Jay Plazer. Check us out.